Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today we're going to talk about five more things that all healthy relationships contain. One of my favorite things to tell people is that the expression of these five things or the expression of these healthy characteristics, they're going to look different in different relationships. But all healthy relationships are going to have these characteristics. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right. Hello, my friends. Let's pick up part two of healthy things that exist in relationships. And and this started out as a list for couples, but it is certainly also a, a list for people who are just in any relationship. These things are, are healthy for you. If you are in any work relationship and relationship with your children, these are just good behaviors, good, healthy things to have in any relationship that you have going on in your life today. Uh, just to review very quickly, number one, that they live intentionally. Number two, they speak directly, which is not unkind, right? We want to speak kindly. They have clear expectations. They decide what is and is not a problem. They talk about what they want more than what they don't want. So those are the first five. Uh, You can find those if you search the uh, archives of my podcast. If you're brand new to this, if this is your first listen, feel free to look those up. All right, let's pivot now to some more characteristics for today. what are what exists in healthy relationships? And again, these were originally, you know, kind of filtered out for couples, but I've realized over the years that they exist in any healthy relationship, whether it is parent-child, whether it is a work relationship, healthy, thriving relationships, these exist in. And there is a little caveat to that, of course. Sometimes boundaries require that we do not stay in very much of a relationship with someone. Those those boundaries require us to keep someone at a safer distance. And so these would not necessarily apply to those relationships, but these are healthy, thriving relationships. And typically a relationship where we have to put those types of boundaries on they're not healthy, and so therefore it, the, the rules are a little bit different. All right, number six, healthy relationships are able to distinguish between what they need versus what they want. And here's what we mean by that. There are things that I need in a relationship from my wife, and there are things that I want. In fact, we could typically run this out. If I do this with couples, I'll actually say there's wants, needs, and wow, that would really be nice. And, and we need to distinguish between those when we talk about our relationship, when we talk to the people that we love, when we lay out what we're looking for from people. And, and because here's the thing, if I need it, that elevates the the, the consequences of of what that means, right? That elevates the consequences of if I don't get it. I need water to survive. I want that water to be in the form of coffee or tea, right? But I need the water. And if I don't get it, I die. If I don't get coffee, I don't get tea. I'm not going to die. And so there are needs and wants. And a lot of times in relationships, especially in our we need to be more selfish, you have to look out for yourself first society, we confuse the two to where everything we want is what we need, And that's just not accurate. And so healthy couples can distinguish between them. 
And healthy couples can even use language that distinguishes between them. Language that says, hey, this is something that I want. This is something that I need. My wife and I were having a conversation this weekend, and we were talking about how I I had assumed, based on what she had done over numerous weekends, how her Saturday was going to go, simply because there's some things going on in our life, in our lives, that has required her to put in some hours at the office. And so I made some plans to get some stuff done, and she had, in her mind, made some plans to take time off to not work that particular those particular hours so that she could spend it with me and so we crisscrossed our time and we didn't spend it in the way that we want to we need time together we need to communicate and I told her I said I can always pivot I just need to know ahead of time that you're changing what has been kind of set expectations right difference between wants and needs this is really important for healthy couples we want to talk about the difference we want to talk about the difference between what we need and what we want we want to be able to distinguish that in our mind and in how we communicate it healthy couples Couples know why they're doing what they're doing. Here's number seven. They know why they're doing what they're doing. So they don't give in to some level of manipulation or some level of anger because they know that there is no good why for anger and manipulation. Now, they might feel angry. They might actually be really angry, but they use words that are beneficial to the relationship. They seek to protect and to build the relationship, right? So they might actually feel angry. They might actually feel tired. It doesn't matter. Whatever they feel, they know the why of what they're doing. When it comes to their relationship, if you say to them, hey, why are you doing this? I don't know should be a relatively rare answer. Mm, I don't know. That should be super rare. Here's here's what why I think I'm doing it. Here's what I think I'm going to get out of it. Here's what I think is going to be accomplished by my doing it. Those should be the types of answers that we get. Healthy relationships know the why of what they're doing. That's really important to remember because so often when we don't know why we're doing what we're doing, we tend to just kind of let things happen. And that tends to work against us in every way that we can imagine. All right, number eight. They kill manipulation. You will never manipulate your way into a healthy relationship. You will never manipulate your way into a thriving relationship. And so what happens is people try to manipulate their way into Right? If we don't know the why of what we're doing, we tend to try to overcome then bad consequences with intensity. And often that intensity is manipulation. And so what happens is in healthy relationships, we are constantly on vigilance to, to eradicate and remove manipulation to to eradicate and remove manipulation healthy relationships never have manipulation in them ever and of course this is so difficult because in order to eradicate manipulation we have to open up ourselves to vulnerability and while it isn't on this list uh, one thing as I've talked about in the past is that something that all relationships need is vulnerability any relationship is by its nature It has some level of vulnerability to it. And often manipulation is the attempt to control outcomes. Manipulation is the attempt. Often it's an attempt to try to get legitimate needs met in an illegitimate way. It's an attempt to... uh, uh, 
try to protect ourselves. There's a lot of air quotes, noble reasons that one might try to manipulate, but it never works. And you know how much I hate universals, but it just, it never works. It, It never brings health to the relationship. It almost always brings destruction. And so manipulation, certainly we all have our moments where things go sideways. We all have our moments where, where things are less than desirable, where we do things and we look back and we're like, oh man, I wish I hadn't done that. But when you start to manipulate, or or maybe you caught yourself, you've already done the manipulation, then you have to go back and make it right. I'm not saying that anybody, you know, you've got to be perfect to have a healthy relationship, but manipulation cannot be a part of the regular rhythm of your relationship if you want your relationship to be healthy. That just isn't how it works. And it doesn't matter your reasoning. I cannot tell you how often I hear, yes, I did this, fill in the bad thing, and I am justified in doing it because... I just had a couple terminate with me uh, because the one partner was like, yeah, I did do these bad things. Like, like I did these and I said that, but it's because the other partner has been bad for all these years. Right. But that's manipulation. It's poor behavior. And if that's who you want to be, that's fine. But then I can't see you and you'll need to find another therapist who supports that. And I don't know how you get to healthy that way. I've met employees who have done dumb things. I was in my men's group. There was a guy talking and he's like, yeah, I I blew my air horn at three in the morning to annoy my neighbor because he's been a jerk to me this year. Like legitimately been a jerk, legitimately done some awful things. But how are like, okay. And everybody's like, well, that's kind of petty. Yeah. Worse than petty. It's manipulation. Cause what you're saying is behave in a way that I want you to, or I don't have to treat you well. I don't have to treat you in a way that I believe is the right way to treat people. We can't excuse bad behavior in order to think that we will somehow create good behavior or a good relationship. Number nine, healthy couples, healthy relationships endure distress. And I I always debate maybe this should come before the manipulation one because if you're going to be healthy, you're going to have conversations, you're going to engage in things that, that you're going to find distressful. You're going to do things that you find distressful. And so often our attempt to manipulate comes out of our desire to avoid distress. But all healthy relationships will develop their muscle to endure distress. And so healthy relationships have distress. And think about this. If this is true, one of the things that will often take couples or relationships into unhealthy territory is the part is the people in the relationship their inability to withstand stress and distress. I feel like we have been sold a relatively big lie that all stress is bad. In fact, that stress is bad for us. If you look up Kelly McConigal, I've talked about her before. If you look her up, uh, she talks about how stress actually isn't bad for you. It's what you believe about stress that is bad for you. And when she does, she does a TED talk on it. You can read her book, but if you want to get just the quick version of it, there's a 10 minute TED talk that she does, maybe 20 minutes. I don't know. But in the beginning of it, people are just laughing at her when she says stress isn't bad for you. It's what you believe about stress that determines whether or not it's bad for you. And people are legitimately laughing at her and they suddenly stop. Like you can hear as she goes through and she presents her research, they stop laughing. And and it's always amazing to me. Like they thought she was kidding because we have been sold this bill of goods that stress is bad. But let me ask you this. What in your life have you achieved that didn't bring stress And you thought the thing that you achieved was worth achieving. Relationships just bring some level of stress and it's okay. And healthy couples don't try to make it go away. Now, there's a difference between we endure distress and we intentionally add distress. One of my favorite illustrations 
is most arguments that people have. They start out as a small fire, and in their right hand, they're holding a mason jar of water that could put the fire out. In their left hand, they're holding a mason jar of jet fuel that will increase the fire. Uh, If you're like me and you like to watch videos online, I love to scroll Instagram and watch just stupid videos. I watch a lot of hunting videos, a lot of videos about deer, a lot of videos about guys trying things while they hunt, but I will watch stupid videos of people doing stupid things. And there's this one where this guy's trying to start a, a fire in his backyard and it's it's clearly a suburban backyard and he's dumping gasoline in, in the fire and it comes up. You know, this is why you should never use gasoline to start a fire, by the way. And, and rather than putting it down, he like goes to throw it, which throws gasoline that's on fire all around his backyard. His furniture catches on fire. Everything catches on fire. And, and then the video ends. But a lot of times with relationships, that is what happens with people is there's a little fire going. And as it goes, they tend to throw more fuel on it. They throw the fuel around and everything's on fire now. It's just all on fire. And they're they're caught sideways ways trying to figure out why everything's on fire rather than just enduring the initial fire and not adding jet fuel to it. So when we say that a healthy relationship endures distress, we don't mean that they add to it, but they also don't try to make it artificially go away. Sometimes you just have to sit in the distress and know that it'll be okay when you get through it. And of course, once we realize that we can endure distress, we can put away manipulation and embrace healthier you know, strategies, which might be, is there a legitimate problem that I need to solve? Is there a legitimate problem that I just need to endure because we can't solve it? Is there something that actually isn't a problem and I just need to get a cup of coffee or a cup of ice cream? Something like that. Okay, so... Just to recap, they distinguish between what they need versus what they want. They know why they're doing what they're doing or why they're asking for what they're doing. They absolutely positively destroy manipulation. They try to remove it completely from their relationship. They endure distress. And lastly, for today at least, I don't know, you know, I was putting this list together. It kept growing on me. So maybe we'll do another one at some point. They listen intentionally. Now, here's the thing. We start with they live intentionally. But we're going to talk about listening intentionally. One of the things that I'm always amazed about with our society is we talk so much about how people need to talk intentionally. And by and large, I agree with that. Uh, recently, I recently was just talking to someone and they said that it is their goal to never say anything that anyone would find offensive. And so they want to talk very intentionally. I said, well, to what level do you think that the person being offended has a responsibility to make sure that they are listening accurately and correctly and dare I say it intentionally and he looked like me at me like I had grown numerous heads and and maybe it spent some time in a radioactive plant without protection because he just couldn't he's like how in the world could we expect someone to listen intentionally and then he said very honestly I don't even know what that means. Listening intentionally is this idea that I am responsible for how I interpret what you're saying. One of the phrases that drives me nuts is this, well, what I heard you say. Well, if that isn't the phrase that came out of my mouth, that isn't what you heard. That's what you interpreted it. And you're responsible for your interpretation of what I say. I'm not. I'm responsible for how I interpret what you say. You're not. And healthy couples, they don't, healthy relationships, they don't just acknowledge this principle, but they embrace it. In fact, I'll go so far as to say that, like to the guy I was talking about, I said to him, have you considered that while what you're stating is clearly a noble goal, it is clearly a noble goal to be as winsome as possible. But have you considered that it's also a noble goal to be as offended as 
by to be offended by as few things as possible to do deep soul searching in fact i'm going to do a whole episode on this but to be willing and able to do deep soul searching in real time about what's going on inside of you every time you find yourself offended and certainly there are times that we should probably be offended right there are things that are said things that are done that we should be offended but what if we made it our goal to listen intentionally to not listen so that we could respond to not listen so that we could tell the other person why we disagree with them to not listen uh, so that we could get our point in to not listen so that we can set them up and be like oh yeah well but to listen so that first of all we could truly understand what they were saying so that we could truly understand what their heart was in what they were saying so that we could truly understand what their 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 intentions were so that we could we could level into those in a way that elevated our listening skills. I'm not talking about just being quiet. I'm talking about actively listening, something we call mirroring here at my agency. In my book, I think it's chapters, I don't know, it's chapter eight, I think, talks about mirroring, about catching what they're saying, both the facts and feelings of what they're saying and reflecting it back. I sit with couples all the time where one partner tells the other partner, hey, I'm not having my needs met in this way. And I watch as some partners, when they hear that, they take it in and they become great listeners. I also watch as some partners take that in and they demonstrate that not only are they not very good listeners, they're not very interested in becoming good listeners. And healthy relationships have two people that listen intentionally to what's going on. All right. I hope that you're enjoying these lists. I hope that they're helpful to you. I hope that you are finding benefit in it. If you are, please share it with your friends. Slap it up on social media. Give me a rating in the podcast store. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.